Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our series, Resilient, designed to help you reclaim your joy, strengthen your heart, and thrive in turbulent times. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Your soul has taken a beating in the last few years. The sheer madness of modern life. A steady stream of negative news. It's all taken a toll. You're not alone. So many of us are longing, longing for peace, to feel joy again. But we feel anxious from all the chaos in this crazy world. But take heart. You can recover your joy. You can thrive in turbulent times. It's possible to replenish your soul and stay rooted in Christ. Let God bestow on you the strength that prevails to make you resilient. So I'm going to take a risk, okay, and tell you about a secret place that I go to to be alone, just to pray and talk to God, just me and Jesus. It's it's not far from my house, okay? It's in the mountains of northern New Jersey, which is pretty spectacular this time of year. There is nothing like fall foliage in New Jersey. Look at that. Just the glory of God on display. I took that photo with my iPhone, by the way. Hello, watch your back, creative team, okay? No filter. And so I took my backpack, my water bottle, my dog, my journal, and we start hiking, and it's, it's kind of out there. You have to go straight up the side of a mountain. It's not steep. There is a waterfall, though, and when you get to the top, it intersects with the Appalachian Trail. You sometimes see hikers coming down from Maine. It's pretty isolated, and when I hike, I like to, I like to listen to worship music or sermons. Sometimes I'll sing along or just pray out loud, and I just love being outside in creation, you know, to meet with my creator. So we're about two miles in and my dog kind of just stopped and looked at me and he's like, how far are we going exactly? You know, he's, he's older now, he's 11 years old, so two miles is pushing it. But, but we pushed on, we hiked two more miles through the forest and came out on this vista, a pristine glacial lake with nobody around. It was breathtaking. Again, photo credit to myself, thank you. My dog <laughs> waded into the water to lap that up, and I took that, that picture. It looks like a mirror, doesn't it? Isn't that cool? The blue sky, the linen white clouds reflected in the lake. I actually looked it up online. That mountaintop lake was carved out of bedrock over 20,000 years ago as the last glacier receded north. And now it's just stunning and spectacular. It's untouched by time. By the way, don't ask me where it is. Don't ask me for GPS. It's my secret, okay? I'm not telling you. And I sat down alongside that lake and uh, four miles, man, I was like, yeah, I think we earned this time. I had a little bit of water. I said, I'm going to sit down and spend some time with God and just thanking him, you know. And I, I took out my journal. I was like, Lord, thank you, you know, for meeting me on a, a mountain with nobody else there. And I, I took out my journal because I write out my prayers a lot. If you have distracted, like, kind of thinking like I do ADHD prayer, I find that when I write my prayers, it's actually really, really helpful. And so I started writing my prayers for that day. Some of the things I'm praying for that are on my heart and people, including some of you, 
Um, can I just share a few of, of things that I write? I actually, this is kind of fun. I'll do it this way. I started praying, and um, the first kind of people that I prayed for, um, no surprise, probably like you do, I prayed for my family. I prayed for my, my daughter, Chase, who's living in Jerusalem and loving it. She is close to my heart, uh, but she's a little lonely. She's homesick. And she called me this week a little bit tearful. She's got midterms. She feels overwhelmed. Like, Lord Jesus, just encourage her. Let her know you're with her. I prayed for my son, Walker. He's, he's out in the woods in Wisconsin right now doing leadership training. He's on a tech fast, no phone for six weeks, and he survived. And, uh, but he did call us home. He sliced his hand. He got stitches. I'm like, Lord, be with my, my son as you, as you. And, and help, of course, Lord, my wife, Colleen, right now, okay? Because we are, we are empty nesters for the first time, okay? People ask me, they say, how is it? And I tell them, well, it's really different with the kids gone, you know? First week, you walk around the house crying. Second week, you walk around the house naked. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kyle's a little sad. She honestly is. She's sad because she's like, my day job as a mom it ended just like that. Day-to-day parenting is over. And we're, we're glad, but there's also grief. So I was like, Lord, just hold my wife's heart in your hands as we enter this new season. And I please help my aging mother. You know, she just turned 80 years old. And she's feeling very anxious right now. Her health is a struggle. Her closest friends are passing away. She's a widow. She misses my dad. She's having cataract surgery, Lord. She's scared. So Spirit, would you just speak peace to mom's heart? Let her know she's not alone. I'm sure you guys pray for your family members, but then I also pray for this church family. So I prayed um, for a precious family from Liquid who lost everything in Hurricane Ian. Their business was right here in Fort Myers, Florida, and now it's buried under five feet of water. And I prayed for them on the phone this week and said, that was our primary source of income, Tim, and it's wiped out. We don't know if we'll have to sell our house, what we'll do for a living. So I was like, Lord, just please provide for them financially for guidance as they figure out their next steps. I had to pray for one of my friends' mom. Her mother was in the ICU at that time and, and in a coma and preparing her heart because she's really, she's going preparing to be with Jesus. Her body is shutting down and my friend realized her healing's gonna be in heaven, but her heart's broken. And so I was like, Lord, just send your angels just to, just to cradle her in your arms. Give her grace to let go and welcome home. Oh, gosh. Do you ever, ever like pray and all of a sudden just random stuff jumps in your head, like just totally rando, you know? (laughs) Like, I I don't think God really cares about this, but but if you do, Lord, I I know you're a Yankees fan. Bless bless Aaron Judge, curse those Astros, you know? Just stuff randomly comes into my head, but then it helps it lighten up because then I'm I'm like, oh, I got to pray for my, my buddy who's struggling with depression. It happens almost like clockwork every time around this time of year. And he takes meds, but he's, he's struggling. I'm like, Jesus, just lift his spirit. Res- restore his joy. And yes, this couple at one of our campuses, they're praying for, they want to have a baby, but they are struggling with infertility. So they're trying IVF very hard. Father, you're the author of life. I just, I'm praying, Lord, for breakthrough for them. And, and I'm also praying for my buddy, well, who just got served divorce papers. His heart is breaking. He said, Tim, I, I don't want to break up our marriage or our family. And I'm like, Lord, just soften both of their hearts. I pray that they will work it out. Just for the kids, Jesus, you bring dead things back to life. Resurrect, Lord, a dead marriage. Restore that family. And I'm like, man, this, this is a lot. And, 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 you know, I just got read that article this morning about the poor people in Ukraine. My gosh, Russia just bombed the city with kamikaze drones. And I'm like, Jesus, in your name, I pray against Putin. Just stop that evil man in his tracks. Take him out, Lord. Protect, save strengthen our brothers and sisters in 
in Ukraine and oh yeah, for the run for Rwanda that's happening, Lord, this Saturday, I pray people, Lord, will show up. I pray that, that we'll provide clean drinking water. Let these people in Africa know you're with them, God. So is our church. I, Lord, if it's not too much, I pray for sun as we run this coming Saturday. Is that it, Lord? And I just sat down and I said, maybe you want to say some things to me, Lord? Oh yeah, I pray. I pray for my sin, my besetting struggle with the sin of pride. Jesus, I just, this is all too much for me, honestly. I, I can't, I, forgive me for my pride in, in, in thinking that I have to have all the answers and that it's up to me to fix the world's problems. I, I can't, Jesus, my strength is limited, but yours is not. So I just surrender to you everyone and everything in my world that needs to be fixed. May your will be done. Your, God, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are higher than my ways. So Lord, just cloak me with humility and help me be helpful to all the people you've given me to love and lead in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And after bringing all these burdens before God, I, I just kind of opened my eyes and looked at the lake. I said, Jesus, what do you want to say to me? Speak, Lord, your servant's listening. I'm just looking at this lake, and I was quiet for a little bit. But then I, I heard God speak, not audibly, but in this deeper part of my soul. And, and I write it down. <laughs> I always write down whatever the Lord says. And, and, as, and he said to me, look at that lake. He says, Tim, creation reflects my glory, but my cross reveals it. Isn't that powerful? Creation reflects my glory. We see God's power and beauty in creation, but the cross reveals it. This idea that I'm praying to a God named Jesus because he voluntarily stepped out of heaven and surrendered his power and put aside his beauty. And then he voluntarily laid down his life on a cross to save me because he loved me and to forgive me. And I was just overwhelmed with that sense of his Holy Spirit showering God's love and affection that he'd, he'd ransom my soul and restore my heart. Now that's love, that's beauty. Creation reflects God's glory. We get a sense of it, but the cross reveals it. I mean, if a God loves me enough to carry a cross for me, surely he can be trusted to carry my cares. And so I began laying them down one by one. I prayed for my friend with depression and I said, Lord, I give, I give the people in Ukraine to you, Lord. I, I, give you, I give you Chase. I give you Walker. I give you, Lord, my wife. I give, you, I give everyone and everything to you, God. I give you my sin. I leave that with you. I give you my aging mom. And, and I, Lord, I give you, oh, God, my heart's breaking, God. But can you carry that family? And I, I took off everyone, and I left each of those prayers, piling up every care, every concern, every crisis right here, at the feet of Jesus. And I zipped up my bag, said, come on, boy, let's go. Come on, Dutch. And we started hiking home, back down the mountain, only feeling a lot lighter, a lot freer, more peaceful. That is full of peace because in prayer, you're actually making a trade with God. You're trading your stress for his strength, your anxiety for his peace. Oh, man, it is such a lighter way to live. It turns out Jesus is inviting 
you into this way of living where you can actually release everyone and everything over to him. Listen to his invitation, Matthew 11. I want you to imagine Jesus meets you on the side of a lake and he, and he says, I just want to talk to you, Danielle, for just a minute. Listen, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Yeah, just keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Does that sound good to anybody? I want you to pay attention. Jesus said, there's a way for you to live freely and lightly even when you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. Jesus says, come away with me, get a rest, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm not gonna fit anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Today, friends, I wanna teach you a core practice that every follower of Jesus Christ must master if you wanna be resilient. It is called benevolent detachment. Can you try to say that? Benevolent, meaning loving, detachment, releasing something. In prayer, it's releasing whatever is burdening you into the hands of God and leaving it there with him. I'm just telling you, if you're gonna live wholehearted, freedom of soul in a world filled with so much heartbreak, you must learn benevolent detachment, how you actually release your cares and concerns into the hands of this, this ultimately loving God and release the outcome to him. I'm telling you, if you struggle with anxiety or overwhelming thoughts, it is a life-changing way to pray because, hey, you've got a bag of burdens too, don't you? I mean, your backpack probably looks different than mine. I got college kids and aging parents and all sorts of stuff, but, but maybe you've got newborns or special needs kid or you're newlyweds or you got family drama or medical needs or, or you need help in your job or, or direction in your career, relationship that needs repair. And man, it always heavy on you. I just kind of wonder what's, what's in your backpack because we're all wearing an invisible backpack right now, crammed full of cares and concerns, crises that compete for our attention. And the truth is, a lot of us are totally unaware how much we're carrying on any given day. And if you don't learn to release them to God and leave them with God, I'm just telling you, you may slug it out for a while, but you will be crushed. You will at some point be overwhelmed and say, I can't go another step. I'm gonna get buried in this season. This fall, we're learning how to tap into God's gift of resilience. It's this inner strength to endure when the going gets hard, to actually push through hardship, physical, emotional, mental toughness, spiritual grit, where, where, where you actually are uncluttered enough to hear God's voice, and he imparts this supernatural strength so that you can lead a life that's lighter and freer. Not free of conflict and crisis, we all have burdens, but you don't have to be buried by your burdens. But how do you do that on a daily basis? Because I, look, I, I know what some of you are thinking. I love that about you. Some of you are a little, you're, you know, it's New Jersey, a little bit skeptical, maybe a little cynical, and you're like, well, I would love to take a day off to hike up a mountain, Mr. La-di-da. But I got a real job, okay? <laughs> 
I, I, I work nine to five. I've got kids, Mr. Mountain Man. Okay, you're the Mountain Monk Tim. Okay, great for you, Pastor. Glad you could go meet with God. But how do I do that daily? You know, Jesus says, let me teach you how to do it. I want you to walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do this and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, Jesus says. And you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. So I want to look in the Bible right now and inspect how Jesus did this and how you can do it too tomorrow morning. I want to show you a passage in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus models for us benevolent detachment, okay? I mean, if anybody carried the weight of the world on his shoulders, quite literally, it was Jesus. And yet we see Jesus moving through life. He's not distracted. He is not stressed out. He is not mentally overloaded or emotionally flooded. He's not ping-ponging back and forth between one crisis and another. Rather, I want you to see how Jesus cared for people, helped carry their burdens, but only released them to his Father so that his heart could be free and uncluttered enough to discern the voice of God. Now, this is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, and this is so cool to see Jesus in action because at this point, his ministry is taking off, okay? This guy... Jesus is teaching in synagogues. He's casting out demons, healing sick people. So more and more people are coming to him with their pressing needs. And Mark writes this. He says, as soon as they left the synagogue, that's the disciples, his gang, they went with Jimmy and Johnny to the home of Simon and Andy. (laughs) And Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her what helped her up. And the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. So notice something first, Jesus cares, yeah? I mean, it's why we love Jesus. He has this heart just to help people with whatever's ailing them. He healed the sick. It didn't matter how big or small the burden. Could be a headache, could be a heart attack, cough or cancer. Jesus had compassion. He loved and helped people in need. We believe Jesus still heals today, amen? That evening, after sunset, The people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many, lots of people who had various diseases. So you you get this? Word's getting out. Jesus helping people all day. Now it's night. More people are coming. They're lining up, okay? They've got a velvet rope. The sick, the demon-possessed, put the diseased over here. They're carrying their burdens of Jesus. Now watch the next verse. Let's read it together. Very early in the morning. Everyone say early. While it was still dark, everyone say dark, early and dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he did what, church? He prayed. Notice the pattern. He engages with people's needs. He he ministers. He shows care and concern. But then Jesus retreats. He withdraws to spend time with his father. He doesn't actually stay up late or get up early to start doing more. Rather, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a, some translations say, a lonely place. That is, he's alone with God where he prayed. And we're getting a little peek into here. Mark is putting up the window shade to let us look in on the secret prayer life of Jesus. Jesus, as a matter of habit, got up early, left his house, and before he checked his iPhone, before he read his email or replied to Peter's texts, 
Before he skimmed the Jerusalem Times or scrolled on social, Jesus got up, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He dedicated a part of every morning, every day, talking to his father. And it had a profound impact because it says in verse 36, this is where we'll end, Simon and his companions went to look for Jesus. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone say it together like you're really, really anxious. Ready? Everyone's looking for you. Translation like Jesus, why are you spending your time out in the woods detaching? There's more need at the door. You've made a name for yourself. You're in demand. And Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else. What? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, let's, let's go somewhere else. My work here is complete and my father needs us elsewhere. I hope you see how striking this is because remember who we're talking about, Jesus Christ, who is the definition of mature love, right? He is love incarnate, is a compassion and liquid kindness of God in Jesus. And the disciples are demanding, but they're legitimate demands. They're like, Jesus, more people need you. They're clamoring for your attention and care. I don't know if you know about this. There's kids in the woods. There's a thing going on in Africa. There's all these things. In the middle of this, Jesus says, actually, I've been with my father. We need to go somewhere else. What do we learn? Jesus isn't driven, is he? He's not driven by other people's needs. He's not driven even by his own team's demands. The need of people was there. The demand was there. The opportunity to do more was there. And yet Jesus refuses to respond to what's urgent. Because what's urgent in life is not always what's important, is it? Mature love doesn't ping pong from crisis to crisis and said Jesus has these, these grooves, these guardrails of soul where he's neither controlled nor compelled by the blizzard of burdens and avalanche of requests coming at him. He refuses to get tangled up and is free to follow his father's voice. Jesus said, let us go somewhere else. And I'm like, man, Jesus, you don't know my calendar, my schedule. <laughs> How did he do that so effortlessly, you know? Because I'm thinking about this this week, and I'm like, I, I wish I could be like that, but I, like, I tend to get tangled up in things. The moment that I wake up, and I'll be honest, I check my phone a lot of times. My mind starts scrolling through the stuff in, in my world. Oh, my mom has her surgery today. You know, there's that important meeting, you know, with that guy. Oh, no, the stock market is crashing. So-and-so is in the hospital. And, I, I, you know, so-and-so's marriage is falling apart. And, and this, oh, my gosh, I just got this text. There's a crisis. I need, and understand what happens is all sorts, if you're human with a heart, all sorts of things will attach to your soul every single morning of your life. And if you actually love people and you care for your family and friends, they will feel very free to bring these needs and burdens to you. And here's the key. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to care about them, but not to carry them. So what do you do? Watch this biblical pattern. One of Jesus' disciples was named Peter. And Peter watched Jesus. He learned a way of living from him. And he wrote it down to pass it on to you. And here's what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, verse 7. He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he what? He cares for you. Now, you may have heard this verse before, but I want you to just take a breath and take this in. I want to read this again very slowly, and I want you to read it out loud with me. You ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. 
cast all my anxiety on him because he cares for me. Now, who is Peter talking to? <laughs> you. It's actually a command. He says, you, I want you to cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Who cares? Jesus. Cast all your anxiety on Jesus because he cares for you. Watch this. As a Christian, you were called to care about other people's burdens. You must love them. You must engage. But you must not carry them in your backpack around. Instead, God says, I want you to cast them on Jesus. Every anxiety, every fear, every worry, every conflict, every concern, every struggle. I want you, watch, to detach them from yourself. Release them and leave them in the hands of your loving Savior. That's what benevolent detachment is. It's a type of prayer we're uncomfortable with in North America because we like to get things done. It is the practice instead of letting things go and giving them to Jesus, the one who actually is able to carry them. So when I practice benevolent detachment, I pray these words. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And I begin naming them one by one. I, I give my kids to you. I give my mom to you. I give this family who's, who's, who's drowning in debt and, to you. And it's amazing because I feel like the weights literally fall off my shoulders and my, my heart begins to to rise and gather strength because now I'm free to live and love the way God meant me to, which is, which is not being crushed by the cares that I'm not called to carry. Now, detachment, understand what that means. We're using that word very purposefully there because detachment means you lovingly peel apart the Velcro. You release this loving couple who I love dearly and Jesus loves them more than me into the hands of God. I release it emotionally. I say, Jesus, I can't control my adult children. I release them to you. I can't calm my mom's racing anxiety. I release her to you. Uh, but do what's best. And after you've shared your heart with him, you actually detach. But notice it's called, look at the word here, benevolent. You know what benevolent means? It means kindness. It's done in love. Don't mishear me. I'm not talking about cynicism because I know some of you are like, oh, you got a bunch of stuff there, Tim. I know too. I can't deal with this anymore. This is all this stuff. My family makes drama. It's too much for me. No, 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 no. That's, that's resignation. That's anger. Benevolent means kindness. It means you do something out of deep love. So you're called to care but not carry around every concerning crisis that presents itself on a given day. I, I wonder right now, like if we were to, open our backpacks. What cares are you carrying around in your backpack that God never called you to carry? What burdens are you bearing that God never called you to carry? Now, I know some of you may object here. Some of you are like, wait, wait, this can't be right. Doesn't the Bible tell us to, to carry each other's burdens? Isn't that what it means to love people? Like you, you literally carry their burdens. Yes, the Bible does say that. But notice, when you carry something, what are you doing? 
you're bringing it somewhere. In other words, we carry each other's burdens in order to bring it to Christ. You're carrying the person's cares to the cross, and then I'm leaving them there with Jesus. That's the essence of mature love. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, we bear each other's burdens by carrying them to Jesus. So it's possible for you to love, to engage, to help, to comfort people, bear their burdens without being buried by them. Does that make sense? You can bear burdens without being buried by them. Say that nine times quick. Resilience is not carrying around the burdens of the world in your backpack because your soul wasn't designed by God for that. I'm convinced it's why Christians are burning out in record numbers. We all have compassion fatigue, right? I mean, every day, tell me this isn't true. We're just bombarded by heartbreaking situations, right? You read the news, it's like human trafficking, hurricanes, global poverty, injustice. It's this, this steady stream of negative news, the pop-ups, the notifications, the pings, the chimes, the vibrations. Because the global news industry is 24-7, our social media and phones, we know too much. Like if there's a tsunami on the other side of the world, a hundred years ago, you'd find out about it maybe a few months later. Now you are alerted within seconds on your phone with video and images in high def and your soul can't process it all. That's one reason you feel exhausted all the time. Overexposure to media makes you mentally fragmented, emotionally exhausted, and you get flooded. And so as your pastor, I'm, I'm going to take a risk here and suggest something radical. Most of us need to radically reduce our daily intake of news and social media. That's a fact. you got to cut back, guys, myself included. Compassion fatigue used to be a danger for only professional caregivers, right? Counselors, social workers, first response. But now it's impacting all of us, man, because life has just gotten so freaking crazy, so complicated that people's souls, man, it feels like we're under, literally under siege. It's like the frantic pace of life. Worry about this or oh, that other thing. Somebody texted me about that. I got to worry about that. Can I state the obvious? This is an intense hour to be a human being. With the level of cultural darkness around us, how do you remain resilient? How do you remain wholehearted, not just surviving, but living from this posture of strength and peace and joy, because he's a God of joy in daily life? Now, in case this sounds too like Eastern, you know, Buddhist to you, benevolent detachment is not a new idea. It actually began with a group of early Christians called the Desert Fathers who believed the human soul was never meant to carry the burdens of a broken world. John Eldridge writes this, he says, to make room for God to fill the vessel of our soul, we have to begin clearing out some of the unnecessary clutter that continually accumulates there like the junk drawer of your kitchen. You everyone got that? <laughs> Everybody's got a junk drawer. It's that black hole for car keys, pens, paper clips, gum, all the small flotsam and jetsam that accumulates over time. And he says, our souls accumulate stuff too, pulling it in like a magnet. And so Augustine said, we must empty ourselves of all that fills us so that we may be filled with what we are empty of. That's more of God. 
Over time, I've found no better practice to help clear out my cluttered soul than the practice of benevolent detachment. The ability to let it go, to walk away, not so much physically, but emotionally and soulfully. Again, guys, we are aiming for release, turning over whatever is burdening us and leaving it in the hands of God. It is so easy to get caught up in other people's drama and unhealthy ways. And then you can't see clearly. You can't live freely. When it happens in relationships, psychologists call it enmeshment. (laughs) But emotionally mature adults have learned actually how to detach in a healthy way. It means getting untangled, stepping out of the quagmire, and and watch, peeling, I love what he says, peeling apart the Velcro by which this situation, this relationship, this crisis has attached itself to you. Detachment means you release everyone and everything into the hands of God. You actually establish some healthy distance and say, God, I'm going to trust you to do what's best with this after you've shared your heart with him. Now, to be clear, benevolent detachment doesn't mean you don't care. This does not mean that you don't get down on your knees at times and you, you, you pray and you cry tears of intercession for people you love. Doesn't mean you don't feel their heartbreak. Doesn't mean you don't empathize with their grief, their loss. This is not pretending. We live in a real world, yeah? A fallen world. But you have to give everyone and everything to Jesus daily, sometimes hourly. You must learn how to pray, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. If your soul is gonna be resilient, That's what mature love looks like. That's how you live lightly and freely in a world of endless heartbreak. Again, look at the life of Jesus who helped, who healed many people. He withdrew daily and he turned it over to his father. We all have heavy situations in our lives that God is opening his hand saying, come on, give it to me, turn over to me doesn't mean you don't engage, but he's inviting you to set up guardrails for your heart that say to that person, you know what? I love you and I'm going to do whatever I can to help you. But then I have limits and I have to let it go. So I'm going to carry your care to the cross and leave it with the one person I know can change the whole situation. I'm limited in what I can do, but my God is unlimited, able to help even better than I can. So I'll just ask again. You ready? Here it is. What burdens are you bearing that God never called you to carry? You're going to discuss this question in your small group this week. Be honest, like right now. What situation is most difficult for you to let go of right now? Ah, you know, I just wanted my my adult daughter or my adult son. I just wish I could move the chess pieces around and help them. What burdens are you bearing that God hasn't called you to carry? And what's preventing you from giving it over to God? Fear? Control? (laughs) False guilt? Well, if I don't carry it, what does that say about me as a mom or dad? What's keeping you from releasing that burden to God? Mistrust of God? Like, if I don't manage this situation, maybe God won't come through? Friends, I'm going to challenge you to push past that internal objection and ask God, what burdens? God. Just ask him, am I bearing 
that you haven't called me to carry? God will answer you. And learning how to pray with benevolent detachment, this is going to be so life-giving to some of you this week. And so I thought we'd practice it together right now. I'm serious. We're going to take 10 minutes right now to release everyone and everything in your life over to God. We're going to actually invite you right now, wherever you are, the campuses, online locations, to empty yourself to create more room for Jesus. You're not only going to leave here feeling lighter, you're going to actually have access to his peace. You're going to trade his, your stress for his strength, your anxiety for his peace. Remember Jesus' invitation? He says, you tired, heavy laden? Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, Jesus, the savior of your soul, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So let's do it. You ready? Let's practice this prayer together. I want to use the pause app that we have been recommending to you. Have you tried this out? Are you enjoying it? People are loving it, getting great feedback. The pause app from Ransomed Heart Ministries, it's free in the app store. And we are pairing this series with the 30 Days of Resilient Program. It's got a month worth of digital devotions. They're really guided prayers to strengthen our union with Christ. So I want to do day three, the morning module. So everybody, let's do this wherever you are. Let's just kind of, everyone sit up straight, okay? Ooh, just crack my neck, okay? Plant your feet firmly on the ground. I want you to open your hands. It's just a sign of opening your heart, being postured to receive. And I want you to close your eyes. Just take a moment to settle in. Come on, just settle in. I want you to take three deep breaths. Ready? Here we go. In. Out. Take another one. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring us now into loving union with our Creator. Cultivating union is the most important thing any person can do. So today, we will look at a simple practice that will help us towards union and resilience. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus invites us into alignment with him so that our souls can be restored, and so we can learn to live freely and lightly. Listen to the passage in a different translation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Resilience is imparted into our souls by our Creator, but it's hard to receive anything when our hands are clenched tight in fear, frustration, or stress. The same is true of the soul. This world saddles us with so many burdens and cares. Most of us have a heavy yoke. Jesus is offering a lighter way. In order to come alongside him, we must learn to let our burdens go. If only for a few moments each day, we learn to open up our hearts and souls by simply giving everyone and everything over to Jesus. We call this the practice of benevolent detachment. First Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Listen to the offer again. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. There has to be some time in your day when you let it all go. All the tragedy of the world, the heartbreak, the cares of your life, the soul was never meant to endure this. The soul was never meant to inhabit a world like this. Somewhere, sometime in your day, you've got to give everyone and everything to God. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Augustine said, we must empty ourselves of all that fills us so that we may be filled with what we are empty of. This is benevolent detachment. Benevolent because it's not something done in anger or cynicism. Detachment because we are invited to turn everything over to God every day. We learn to step back, let go, release everyone and everything to the savior of the world. Take a moment now and make a simple list of the things you are currently carrying, burdened by, worrying about. It doesn't need to be exhaustive. Just begin to name the things that you are carrying.
And now we practice benevolent detachment like this. Oh Jesus, you know all that I'm carrying. I come to you now to give it all to you. I give everyone and everything to you, Lord. I give you my parents. I give you my work. I give you the news of the world, all of it, Lord. I give everyone and everything to you, God. Carry on now in your own words, laying down your specific cares. Benevolent detachment is going to take some practice. As you practice release, what you're doing is creating soul space. You are opening up the mental and emotional space for God to come in. Luke 12, 25 through 26. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? You can't save the world, dear one. You can't even carry it. Learning the practice of benevolent detachment will allow you to enter into the coming exercises with a much more open heart. In fact, Benevolent detachment will increase your resilience all by itself because your soul is able to breathe again. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Was that not refreshing? Yeah? Don't you feel lighter? <laughs> Guys, you don't have to wait till next Sunday to do this. Tomorrow morning, Jesus is, is reaching out his hand, inviting you to come to him with your, <laughs> with your backpack full of burdens. You carry your cares to his cross, but then you leave them with your Lord. You can live lightly and freely. That's his promise to you. Why don't you take him up on it? This week in your small groups, you're going to practice releasing those burdens to God. What we're doing is decluttering our soul and receiving in return his resilience. Sound good? Jesus, I pray now over my brothers and sisters, and we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit with us today that you are with us, that you are holding us, and we are never alone. And Father, right now together we ask, would you teach us what mature love really looks like? Jesus, some of us are carrying around way too much, worrying about way too much, fearful, angry about way too much. We are buried by burdens, 
you never called us to carry. So Jesus, would you teach us gently how to love like you and to be able to walk away and rest. We receive your generous invitation to let our soul come up for air and just feel freedom to love more deeply, to have confidence in your faithfulness because you're responsible for the outcome, not us. And so we turn everything and everyone over to you. In Jesus' name, all God's people prayed, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.